What's that punch in the face gonna be like? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast where I spend most of my day thinking about whether or not I want to bum Matt out by talking about something that is undeniably bad, or whether I want to make Matt happy by talking about something that's undeniably good. Matt, I'm sorry. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bum me out tonight. Oh, no. Okay. I don't think you actually get bummed out when we talk about it. No, I don't actually get I, Sometimes things. the bad ones are even more fun because I get to yell about stuff. You love yelling about stuff. I do. So, tonight, Matt, I would like to talk about masculinity. Uh-oh. And I already said that I'm going to bum you out because I'm going to argue that masculinity is undeniably bad. It is a terrible thing. I could see that. I could see where you're coming from. Let's... You're not a very manly man, Andy. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> you say that, Matt. Because uh, most of my life, I've actually been called masculine or called particularly manly. I actually remember specifically when I was in art school and one of my friends took a course on the history of masculinity, which Micah offers. That's a thing? She, yeah, yeah, she came back and uh, I think okay. it's, it's got some fancier name. It's called like masculinity and culture or something, something, something. Okay. Something. All right. But she came back from the first day of that class, and she just goes, oh, ho, ho, you are cis. That's what you are. <laughs> You're basically the <laughs> definition of that. That's okay. your whole thing. And I was like, what is this? And I had to Google it, and then I had to get offended and do all that kind of stuff. All right. um, I feel like I spent most of my life um, portraying lots of masculine traits, believe it or not. Yes, I'm a big nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I play Magic the Gathering. Sure. What of it? Uh, I also threaten people when they when I <laughs> when I pretend I'm talking about Magic the Gathering. So That's how you uh, balance it out. If if anyone ever accuses you of not being manly, you just threaten them for the thing they said. Sure, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should start with a practical definition of masculinity. Yes, sound good. Sure. Should we just use a person, or do we want to go down the the, the list of traits? No, I, I mean I think we should describe what what we're talking about here. I mean, masculinity. I think for a practical definition is uh, both on an individual level exhibiting traits or behaviors that are typically associated with men or people with penises. And on a bigger scale, we're talking about like the cultural expectation that men will behave a certain way uh, and do certain things that women won't or can't do. You've already, now I've already stumbled into one of the reasons why it's terrible, but uh, is that something like a working definition, Matt? Oh, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Here, I just have it up right now. Possession of the qualities traditionally associated with men. There is you it go. as simple as that? On an individual level, I think, yes. There is this bigger idea of like, masculinity as it pertains to culture, uh, which I think comes down to those like, expectations that are placed on people. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I want to talk about this. One, I feel like most people, even people that may identify as progressive or woke or whatever, uh, are of the opinion that masculinity is kind of bleh, whatever, who cares? Like, uh, People will do things and they'll make little jokes about masculinity and they'll behave in certain ways and the attitude is that it's not really a big deal who cares uh you know whatever which i think is uh missing missing some of the things that are really truly wrong with it um the other reason i want to talk about it matt is because you and i have discussed numerous times on this podcast and others and off air lots of different social justice issues and uh you know things of that sort and oftentimes we find ourselves woefully unprepared to actually talk about them, right? Like, if you and I are talking about institutional racism or institutional sexism, most of what we can say is, hey, go listen to people that are talking about this that are not us, because other people know far better than we do. But with masculinity, that is not the case at all. I would consider us experts in masculinity, Matt. Would you agree? (laughs) Oh, boy. 
Uh, to a degree, I guess so. I mean, are we saying an expert in masculinity is just somebody who had to put up with it in some way? Well, no, or, certainly there are people that have or studied is it. Only, it. only Arnold Schwarzenegger is an expert in masculinity. <laughs> certainly there are people that have studied it that, uh, you know, have a much better sort of historical and cultural context than we might have for its sort of importance in the world. But you and I have been subject to it the way that we have not been subject to institutional sexism, institutional racism. Uh, other systems that we may be opposed to and want to be vocal about, but may not have somebody to contribute to the conversation. This is a system that affects us directly. This is the time we get to pretend that we've been oppressed at some point in our lives. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you, I mean, <laughs> okay. yeah, well, let's, go, let's go with that. Um, the other thing is, I think men should talk to men about this more. I, I think oftentimes you'll see criticisms of masculinity coming from, uh, you know, feminists, and, not that a feminist can't be a man, of course, uh, but you're coming from uh, women or people that are uh, on the other end, they're on the receiving end of masculinity more than they're on the, uh, the giving end of it. So I think it's something that men should talk to men about more. I'm a man, Matt. You're a man. Let's talk about man stuff. Oh, boy. Finally, we're experts. The first time this has ever happened on a podcast. So let's get into the issues with, with masculinity. Uh, and I, I want to say, too, that I think a lot of people have an issue or take issue with the criticism of masculinity because they may see themselves as a masculine person and may see that as a good thing, right? Like if you're a person that is confident, uh, physically or otherwise strong, somebody that uh, takes great pride in protecting people in your life and being the person that is in charge. If you're one of these people, you may identify with a lot of the masculine traits and you may think, these are things that make me good. I want to be strong. I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be in charge. I want to be able to, uh, you know, exert my force on the world and, you know, chase my bliss and, and do whatever, you know, these sort of traits are. And people oftentimes are not receptive to the criticism of masculinity because they're like, this is a good thing. I, this is just part of who I am. You can't be critical of who I am. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. I'm incredibly strong, very powerful, all those things, Andy. How dare you say that about me? Well, I, I'm actually curious, Matt. So what is your relationship to masculinity? I mean, I, I can give you a little more, a little more of my history. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, um, I would say that my family, my, my, my dad specifically, is somebody who exhibits many very masculine traits. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen my dad cry. He does not really discuss his emotions. Uh, he's very much the kind of person that, you know, if I would fall down and get hurt growing up, he would just encourage me to get over it uh, in, in one way or another. <laughs> Usually it was some combination of, do we need to go to the hospital? And if not, then stop crying, something like that. Um, all sorts of things uh, that I was sort of raised with. That said, uh, I also grew up, uh, I've, I've always been also relatively large for, for my age. Uh, I was one of the tallest kids in fifth grade. I remember I was the second or third tallest kid in fifth grade, uh, which was a point of pride for me at the time. And uh, I've always been on the bigger side, um, just height and weight. So I was never like a small kind of puny person. And I, I did, however, spend most of my life uh, in middle school and high school pursuing like nerdy, esoteric things. I play a lot of video games did a lot of drawing and art. Uh, I took a lot of classes that were in the sort of art department, which is not typically associated as being a masculine manly department. Uh, although I did actually take courses in sculpture. Sculpture is, of course, the manliest of the arts, if you, uh, if you ask around. <laughs> um, and incidentally enough, the, the art teacher in my high school is someone else I would also identify as probably one of like, my masculine role models growing up, by which I mean somebody that uh, I looked up to and modeled my behavior after. And he also exhibits many like proto-masculine traits, uh, my art teacher that I took a lot of classes with in high school. Um, but, you know, I wasn't like 
big, beefy, manly guy in high school. Then I arrived at art school at Micah in, in Baltimore, and uh, then I, I, I joke my Twitter bio is that I was a nerd in high school and a jock in art school. Um, but upon arriving, uh, you know, I, I played like rugby and soccer and basketball and baseball growing up. I played lots of sports, um, always pretty active. And when I arrived at art school, I was all of a sudden like the biggest manliest man uh, around everywhere, right? So people would call me to lift heavy things, to open jars, to, you know, get paint off the top shelf, uh, all, the, all the manly things, uh, which I was not, it wasn't a totally uncomfortable space for me to be. Like I was somewhat used to being that throughout my life. Uh, I would say like in my group of friends in high school, I was probably like the biggest, maybe strongest in some ways. And so that was like something I kind of identified as. And then it was really sort of sunken into me in, in art school, in college. And that's also around the same time that I began to learn, hey, maybe this thing isn't the best thing. And so I was kind of having this little war with myself. And I, I changed a lot over those four years. And a lot of it was trying to slough off the traits that I'd grown up and had been sort of sunken into me and be more open to just being the person that I am without these expectations of how I should behave because I'm a loud, confident man that's six foot one and whatever <laughs> um that's kind of my relationship to masculinity I'm, I'm stopping at a certain point we'll continue on as the podcast goes on but what is your like do you have is this something you've thought about like your relationship oh, to yeah. this idea yeah well i think i've gotten more comfortable with it as i've gotten older and i think i've had a, had a similar transition in college where as a kid i feel like i was like a nerdy kid and so the, the kids that were most masculine were, like, very good at sports. And I would say I was, like, a pretty good athlete, but not great. But more importantly, I didn't really care about it. Like, I didn't really care to play any of the sports. Yeah. So, for whatever reason, that seemed to define everything. Probably because it's all about physical traits, right? <clears throat> and so, in my mind, like, oh, uh, well, I'm just, like, a nerdy kid who likes to make art stuff. So, that puts me in a different category. So, I kind of, more so than didn't care about it, probably, like, actively disliked everything about it, right? Like, these... These dumb jock kids, they make my life bad, so I'm upset about it. Um, I don't think I realized that until later when I got to art school and it seemed like, oh, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the other end of the side. Um, like, just the idea that I want to watch football makes me all of a sudden like a very masculine guy here. <laughs> that you know I, what this oddly shaped ball is for yeah, <laughs> makes, makes yeah. you some sort of expert. Like, now my minimal, my minimal like of watching a sport makes me all of a sudden masculine. Okay, all right. Weird, but okay. Um, I feel like that the those two parts of my life made me just think, oh, well, this is kind of a silly thing because I can just I can go one place and be perceived this way and go another place and be perceived completely the opposite. Uh, I guess I'll just try to pick out the traits that are useful as opposed to uh, try to live up to be something that clearly is not totally defined. It's more contextual. That is actually a really useful experience, I think, in life to be culture shocked that intensely. Like, I went to a big high school in, like, a middle of, not in the middle of, like, outside of, outside of Philadelphia, I went to a big public high school where, yeah, like, big football team, uh, expensive football field, big weight room, like, you know, normal high school stuff. And then I got dropped right into art school. And like you said, all of a sudden, I was on the other side of the spectrum. And that, and somehow, it was very freeing. It's like, wait a minute, this is all just made up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly Over here, I was one type You're of thing. Okay. You guys yeah. are just making this up. I've been the same person this whole time. It's you guys. What's going on? <laughs> uh, that's a very freeing thing, I think, to have that experience. Uh, so yeah. I'm grateful for that. And I think it's, it gives a lot of perspective. Um, so let's talk about sort of some of the problems with, with this idea. Uh, first of all, like I think it's, worth, it's obvious, but worth stating. I think the insinuation that any type of behavior 
is should be intrinsically linked to one gender person or the other uh, is inherently limiting to the other gendered person. Like uh, if you're saying that this is behavior that's expected of men, all of a sudden, what happens when women do those things? Uh, is it not expected of them? Is it something if they do it, they're going to be treated differently and there'll be a double standard? Uh, are you insinuating culturally or specifically individually that women can't do a certain thing? Uh, and th that's one of the sort of just core problems with masculinity is that it really is one of the underpinnings of all sexism of any kind. The idea that this is a manly thing to do uh, is limiting to anybody else that may not identify as a man that wants to do those things or happens to be that way. Yeah. I think the problem is people oftentimes mistake like the fact that our bodies are inherently away because of our gender versus uh, like you're predisposed to or actually not even predisposed to just like you're either capable or incapable of the thing or like those are two different things like the way that you are your biology is and then your capabilities. Those are two different things. And if we set up a system in which we say some people can do this and some people can't do this, that seems like a horrible system whether or not biologies are different. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it does. And a perfect example of that is the Olympics are currently going on. And Lord knows you and I, Matt, could not compete with any female Olympian on any of the events in which they are competitors, despite the fact that we are supposedly physically stronger and more able because yeah. uh, they have a much, they're, they're far better than us at all things. Actually, I, I'm never more aware of body type than when I watch the Olympics and you just like, like you see a gymnast and then you see a swimmer and you're like, I was never going to be either of those things. Oh, my God. <laughs> I also wonder how much of that, like, obviously, you know, gymnast being like four foot two or whatever, that's not something that happens. But I always, whenever I see a swimmer, I'm like, were your shoulders always that broad? Or did you like grow muscles that like pushed your bones out? Like, how did that even happen? <laughs> it's, it seems improbable that, uh, that my body could ever even hope to be shaped anything like that. If uh, you're just born into a fish mold and you just stay there for 18 years and you show up at the Olympics, that's how you do it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's the thing it's worth mentioning, that it seems ridiculous to me to say any certain behavior is expected of one gender and not the other, uh, because forget expectations placed on the, the first gender, but the saying the other gender can't do these things, shouldn't do these things, is not expected to do these things, uh, really is, I think, the roots of some of the bigger like, social and societal issues we have, just that right there. Uh, and that, of course, you know, it comes from like, you know, hunter-gatherer times where so-and-so is the chief of the tribe or whatever, and you're supposed to protect things, and, you know, all these weird expectations have now scaled up, and now we have civilization, and we have houses, and we're not being hunted anymore, and we're still basically behaving like animals in some, uh, some weird primal ways, which is a shame that we still haven't, you know, culturally gotten over that. Probably never will. Just gonna slowly get better, but it's never gonna be totally gone. So, that's the first thing. Um, so other issues about masculinity that affect other people, uh, a lot of the things that are defined as masculine are inherently uh, abusive or detrimental or somehow imposing yourself on somebody else in a way that is maybe not welcome. Uh, I, I would argue <laughs> punching that... Punching someone. Punching someone is super masculine. Physical assault. Uh, that is the thing. And, and here's, where I will, here's where I will confess that my latent, uh, like the masculinity in which I was raised, I still, sitting here right now... I've always wanted to be in a fight. I want, I've been in places in my life. If you're in a bar super late at night or maybe you're coming out of some show and there's a bunch of drunk people around and they're all being jerks, I always secretly hope somebody is going to try and fight me just so I can see how I would do in a fight. And that's a ridiculous thing to hope. What a stupid thing to even like Wait. pass through my mind. Well, I have that thought too sometimes. Where yeah. Like you're just, 
sometimes it's just you're very upset and you're like, oh, if somebody just made me fight, then I'd have to fight and it would be great. See, for me, it's never that. It's always I just am curious about my physical capability. I mean, they always mm. say, like, everyone's got to play until they get punched in the face, right? Like, <laughs> yes. you don't know what it's like until it's happened. And as a person that is trying to, like, accrue as much experience in the world as I can, I, I'm kind of curious, like, okay, so what's that punch in the face going to be like? Uh, and, you know, that is a perfect example of, like, just the subtle to not so subtle harm of masculinity that that is still a thing that goes through my mind like i'll be out late at night and biking home at 2 a.m and someone will like walk in front of my bike and i'm like is this person gonna fight me i don't know let's see let's see what happens and that's just stupid i should be you know self-preservation i should be out there just trying to be reasonable and uh you know worst case scenario i get in a fight and I actually hurt somebody that would be terrible i never want to do that but but you know that's not that's not what's in my little animal brain what's in my animal brain is i wonder how i would do i wonder how much it hurts to get hit in the face and uh, that's, that's terrible. Uh, so physical assault is one of them, surely. Um, re, you don't, you always have a plan until you get punched in the face. Uh, I, I played rugby, as I mentioned, growing up and uh, in high school. And we practiced, of course, before the season began. Like, you know, all of the people who were on the team would break up into two teams. We'd scrimmage against each other. And, you know, we'd play full contact. We'd hit each other, whatever. Uh, nothing prepares you for the first time that the person you don't know that is trying to hit you as hard as possible hits you. That is a un, it's a very new experience. It was unlike being tackled in practice by your friends or peers, because uh, it is. It's not what you expected. It hurts all over. Uh, so, so physical assault, obviously. I think on a broader scope, you look at some of the violent sports that are popular in America. Uh, Matt, I know you're a big fan of football. Someday mm-hmm. we'll talk about football on this show. Uh, for now, let's just leave it at the fact that uh, you can't deny that we as a society will allow for a lot of collateral damage in order to have football. <laughs> football yeah, is important yeah. enough to us that we're yeah, okay we'll, with some brain damage. We're okay with some, with some things uh, because football really means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sort of acceptance of that kind of violence and the, the seeking it out, right? Like, want to see people hit each other. That's a real sport. Uh, that's a very, like, masculine idea, which, again, uh, is imposing something on other people and culturally imposing things that you know, not necessarily culture ever wants to be a part of. Um, and like on a less funny note, like rape culture is a huge thing that comes from the idea of masculinity. Uh, the idea that you as the man are dominant and you are the one that kind of sets the tone and uh, you know, all those kind of gross ideas of what a man is or should do in a romantic relationship are also the underpinnings of rape culture, which of course people are the victims of in this country and all over the world just constantly. Uh, so there's so many things that masculinity does to others, it does outwards to people that are just so destructive uh, on individual level, on a sort of cultural level that I, I, I have no room in my heart for it. It's just, it's so, it's such a bad thing. So what do you think of the idea that some of those things might be inherent to you because you're a man? Well, we talked about how I want to fight somebody, so I have to kind of accept that, right? Like, yeah. To like, a that's not, that is not your logical brain saying, hey, Andy, you know what would be a good idea? Go fight this guy. That'll get you. That'll, that'll one-up you in life. Yeah. That's, uh, and that, that's a perfect example of, like, that can't even possibly be an evolved behavior, right? That is pure cultural conditioning. Like, that's society. Because how, in what way would fighting random people ever help you survive and be able to produce more offspring and have your genes continue to carry through the bloodline well i mean there's obviously a root to it right the idea of like being violent to protect yourself well yeah uh, territorial when necessary but yeah uh, I, I don't know i feel like it's something gets lost there when i'm just walking out of a 
concert at 1am and I'm like, well, someone want to fight? One of these drunk people will fight me and I'll win because I'm sober and they're drunk. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a different thing I feel like. Related, but there's, there's a lot of social conditioning there. It's of like just, attacking the wounded gazelle. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess the thing that really comes from, that really comes from that is my, the, the social part of it is my constant wondering how I would fare in a fight. Uh, like I, I'm not particularly fit. I mean, my legs are, I bike every day. Like if it was a kick fight, I would do pretty good, but my upper body is mostly just along for the ride. It's kind of like T-Rex situation. So, uh, <laughs> if I was in like a punching fight, uh, I feel like I, I would, I'm not like physically predisposed to do very well in that. So, so like the, the, the wondering in all of those moments, how I would actually fare that I feel like is a social conditioning more than anything else. But, but Yeah. So how do I feel about these things? Being, I mean, here's how I feel about it. One, I feel like I have to admit it. It would be foolish to say like, well, I can just logic myself out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I cannot. There are things. And part of it is not just biology, but like, like I said, I was raised until college to like not be critical of these things whatsoever and also to very much embrace them. Uh, I, I almost never cried when I was in high school for any reason at all. Uh, and that was definitely because I subtly or overtly felt like that was not a thing I was supposed to do. Um, so yeah, and also like now I love cooking and stuff. I would never have thought to cook in high school, and I guarantee part of it would have been that I felt like it wasn't my job or wasn't a thing I was meant to do. That's not for me. That's you know for somebody else that is not a man. Um, I, I I understand that I definitely probably had those feelings and thoughts uh, at least subconsciously. So I have to accept it. And then where I'm at now, Matt, honestly, is I try my relationship to understanding that I have these things inside of me biologically or by conditioning is to like be on the lookout for them. Mostly. Uh, I feel like it's like neighborhood watch. I need to think, watch my thoughts, watch my actions and behaviors and try and figure out what the root reasoning is behind some of them such that I can maybe cut off some of the more destructive behavior whenever I see it happening, which is kind of stressful to live that way, but that's where I'm at right now. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that anyone else really has it any differently. Well, no, people that haven't, people that haven't thought about it or don't care to be critical of it have it great because they just embrace it all and think it's perfect. And I'm constantly well, critical of everything. No, but I get that. But I think you're I just, feel, I, you're see, just no, I see no alternative. You're just somewhere on a spectrum of, of people doing that. Like, I feel like society is just people generally agreeing to do that of like, well, let's ignore the lizard brain for a moment or for, <laughs> for a large period of time so that we can all get along together. And it's just degrees like, Building a society is just degrees to which we've agreed to do that, I think. Sure. So we've talked about violence. We've talked about sexual conquests. We've talked about the fact that masculinity sets expectations for people that certain people can't do things or shouldn't do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things are terrible. Masculinity is bad. It is toxic. Uh, <clears throat> but the things that I care more to talk about, honestly, are the... Things about masculinity that affect men, affect the people that are subject to masculinity as opposed to are being affected by it indirectly, like people for whom these expectations are being placed upon them. Uh, Because I feel like uh, not, I don't mean to, like all those other things are serious issues that are very deserving of uh, criticism uh, and people should continue to be critical of those things. But I also feel like we need to have a conversation about how terrible it is to grow up in a culture where these are things are expected of you and how much it does affect the person you become. Like, I wish I didn't have these inclinations and these behaviors in me. Uh, I wish I didn't grow up with the expectation that this is how I should or shouldn't behave. And that's actually really destructive in a way that I myself have not actually suffered that much from, but some people really truly do. Um, like, 
masculinity, I think, is the root of almost all body image issues that any men have. Uh, and men have plenty of body image issues the same way that women do, or not the same way, but in a differing way, but you know, to a, a similar severity. Uh, the idea of you need to be strong, you need to be muscular, you need to be tall, you need to you know, have big genitals, these, these ideas... Uh, I, I know it's funny, but like it's also no, know, a thing that people are legitimately. It's also a real thing, though. So like it's it's kind of a joke that if you go on the internet, you can find so many forms of people concerned about the size of their genitals. But that's because it's a thing that men are concerned about. Like we as men are concerned about it, a hundred percent, because of masculinity, and it's a thing that we also are conditioned not to talk about because of masculinity. Uh, so you go on a place like the internet where there's some anonymity, and you find just seas of. Uh, insecure men that are wondering about these kind of issues uh, because we're also not conditioned to talk about it. Um, these things are destructive. Like this is this is not a healthy culture to grow up in. It's it it's bad for young men. It's bad for old men. It's bad for anybody that is who has these expectations levied upon them. Uh, I just it's it's terrible. So I'm not disagreeing with that, but where do you take it? Like I feel like there is there are people who. Whether they think it's it's terrible or not terrible would say, well, it doesn't matter. That's just inherent to being a man, which I don't agree with. But what do you say to that argument? Well, uh, to that argument, I would point out that the idea of masculinity varies dramatically culture to culture. So to say that it's inherent somehow biologically uh, doesn't really hold up when you look at what masculinity means across the globe. There are also cultures where women exhibit the traits that are traditionally considered masculine in sort of the ways in which we're talking about. So if you kind of look at the evidence, uh, there's plenty of evidence that says it's just not the case, that it's not a biological thing. Um, so that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is interesting that we grow up with the idea that there's, it's so clearly uh, men and women. And then, like, it, I feel like the, the way the news might portray it or, like, politicians might portray it is that like only recently did we discover the idea of transgendered like oh well that's a thing that just happened recently mm -hmm. but i was actually listening to a podcast the other day i think it's called the liturgist podcast does that sound right i was listening to the liturgist podcast the other day and they were talking about lgbt issues and um they first they they decided to set it up by approaching everything scientifically and explaining the entire idea of gender and the interesting thing is like there are plenty of people where scientists just can't like, honestly, cannot define what binary the person fits into. Like, the entire idea of gender, while, like, it seems pretty clear, scientifically is actually pretty fuzzy, and you can't even, you can't put every single person into a bucket. It's, it, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that, like, it sounds very politically correct to say, but it's actually just the truth. No, it's right? just true. It's just, it's just science. So, if that's the case... Then is where does everything else come from there? Yeah, and, and not to nitpick, but to be precise about our words, uh, gender is the social construct. Like, there is no medical idea of right. gender. That's all about right. personal identity. Biological sex is still a thing that, as you're pointing out, oftentimes people are like, well, flip the coin, let's just decide based actually, on yeah, whatever. That is, thing, because that is actually what I, I should clarify. I'm talking about biological sex when I'm talking about the scientific approach to it. I'm not talking about gender, the identity. Yeah, um, so uh, we're talking about all of the sort of effects that this expectation has on a certain group of people uh, and how that also then puts itself out into the world. But yeah, there's a whole swaths of people for whom this binary doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. So we're talking uh, about the people who specifically identify with this thing, which is already a weird starting point because you're like, oh, well, that's kind of arbitrary to begin with. Which is, which is another interesting thing. Like The very existence of masculinity is furthering that expectation that there is, in fact, a binary. Like, 
the, the fact that we have expectations of men and people assume that every like half the population is men and everybody fits in one of these buckets uh, is furthering the sort of expectation that there are not transgender people, there are not people that identify any differently, which is, of course, also terrible. So more terrible things in the column for masculinity. It's the worst. But what do you, so I guess, I guess it does lead you to the like, okay, but there is a thing called testosterone. And I guess if you pump someone full of too much of it, they do want to fight all the time or they want to have sex with everything. So there is that part of it. It's not a, it's not a binary, but it is, uh, is it a chemical, a chemical that has an effect on your brain? Yeah, my, I have, I don't have a great scientific grasp of that, but that is what you've said is basically my understanding of, of how that chemical works. Uh, testosterone is present in women as well, uh, not to the same degrees, is my understanding, the same way that uh, estrogen is also present in men in less to a lesser degree. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that to me is just like, okay, so that's the same as serotonin uh, or any other chemical in your brain that makes you behave one way or another. Uh, those levels fluctuate, they change based on your diet and your hormones and your glands and if you're healthy or unhealthy uh they change based on all sorts of factors the same way that some people just have a higher level of serotonin and the fact that we've decided to draw some line in the sand is still arbitrary it's no less arbitrary than saying like well there are happy people and there are unhappy people and everyone fits in one of those structures because serotonin is a thing or whatever um adrenaline is a similar chemical where like again like you could say that behaving the certain the way that adrenaline makes you behave uh, is it's still not a binary. It's just this like fluid spectrum uh, that just, yeah, it's all dictated by chemicals. Sure. It's not like there isn't some biological source material there. Uh, it's just that that doesn't, that's not why we have uh, boys toys and girls toys and boys toys <laughs> are blue and they have guns and cars and girls toys are pink and they have combs and shoes. Uh, that is society like, extrapolating to an insane degree and building up this expectation that just sees itself in people's brains and like i grew up with those toys right like i had the building materials i had legos and connects and i had the video games and i was the one that was playing with computers uh and i had action figures and my sister had dollhouses and barbies and uh you know jewelry kits and that kind of stuff uh, that was my life growing up uh, i grew up 100 percent in a like a gendered toy household uh i, I did not no, there was an alternative. Um, so, and that, that like, that affects you, right? Like that affects me, that affects everybody. So that's the stuff that who knows, like we will, we will never know how much these things are actually affecting us, right? Like we're talking about the biological differences, the actual chemicals. It's impossible to know right now because everybody is so indoctrinated into a society that builds these expectations that we, it's, you can't even measure it, right? So you, you can't even try to guess how I would have turned out as somebody that is biologically a male uh, if I had not had all of those cultural stimuli telling me these are expectations placed upon me because that's just what I had and so there's no way to know how much my actual biology has any effect over the person I am with regards to these issues today as opposed to if I wasn't that uh, that's a tough test to run I would guess <laughs> there's only a couple variables if we can just eliminate a couple of those variables we'll get there I should have said hormone. It was hormone, not chemical. That's what I was trying to say. Hormones are chemicals, right? I don't know. Maybe they it, are. Isn't a chemical right anything you all. put in a beaker? Hey, if that's, if that's the definition of it, then I think everything's a chemical. I think if you can put it in, uh, in like a vial or a beaker, I think it's chemical. Um, so, I don't know, Matt. That's, my, that's like kind of my, my like concentrated thesis. Uh, if people want to... Or if, if this is a new concept to you, if you have not thought about how detrimental... And like the way this practically comes into play 
is like, don't talk about losing your man card. Don't talk about acting girly. Don't talk about like being a pansy uh, or a pussy. You can bleep that if you want. People know what it means. But like all of those words, which we've just kind of adopted into language as things that are negative, are not (laughs) negative. That is a way that people are. People of all different genders and backgrounds. And this expectation that that's somehow bad, like weakness is not a bad thing. Like that, that, that seems like such a basic idea that is so hard to like push through the zeitgeist. Like being weak in any way is not even a negative thing anymore. Like we have society. You don't have to be strong. We like, we make things you can buy on QVC at 2 AM that like open jars for you. Like you can, (laughs) you can, that's not even an important thing. Uh, That's not a thing that, that doesn't take away from your humanity or your, your manhood or anything in any way, the same way that somebody that maybe doesn't have use of their arms is no less of a human uh, or no, no less of a man. All of these things, it just, it really, it, it gets me when I think about how, how pervasive all this stuff is. Yeah. I mean, I, I could still like, there's, there is the part we haven't talked about where there are, there are like positive traits that are applied to being masculine. I mean, we've addressed them in that, like if you address a positive trait to being masculine, well then what does that say about a woman? Um, but I mean, there are still like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to deal with that. Like, well, a, a, a man is confident and like, yeah, I also want to be confident, but I think that's just a positive trait that any human being should have. Are we saying that's negative just because if you apply it to any gender, then it makes the other gender, uh, like you would then raise the other gender to not be confident. Is that the society you want? Well, see here, you know, I'm the person that's always trying to argue that things can be good or bad. Some things, not all things, but things can be good or bad. And we don't have to just be all fluffy hand holding about everything being on a spectrum. Yeah. But I'm really hesitant to say that any way that people are fundamentally uh, is good or bad. Like confidence. There is an amount of confidence that is good to have. There is an amount of confidence that is not enough. There's an amount of confidence that is far too much and you should stop doing that. Uh, I think that could be applied to anything. Uh, like, or like some things like, you know, physical strength, like it doesn't matter. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, there's no value judgment there one way or another. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you can say like, oh, that's a masculine thing. And also it's a good thing. And we should have more of that as society. Like, what are those things? Because I think men have plenty of confidence. Men should have less confidence, like (laughs) on the whole. Well, because I do. Well, here's here's my conditioning, like thinking of confidence as always positive. Thinking of strength as always positive. I have to say I had a reaction when you said weakness is not inherently bad. I was like, what are you talking about? No one wants to be weak. Yeah. Not even, not even any of the gender. I feel that in my heart, too, when I say that. But like, I have to but keep reiterating it. it. Like the way you explain it. Yeah, understood. Especially if like just the 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 textbook definition of the word weak, like as compared to a person who is physically strong. That doesn't make someone less of a person or less good at whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? I mean, or less anything. Strongman like, competition. It maybe, makes but. you less good at throwing <laughs> a javelin, but you know, throwing a javelin is one type of thing a person can do. Uh, yeah, right. Now most people sit at computers all day. Give up on your strength. That's not a thing that is important. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think anything about masculinity. Like, people should. There is certainly something to be said for like people being well-rounded, and probably most of the traits people identify as masculine. Everyone should have to some degree. Uh, like, in the same way that I think men overall probably have too much confidence, uh, I can say from trying to hire employees and also just existing in the world that 
women overall probably have not quite enough confidence. Uh, like, and that's not their fault. That's society's fault for telling them they should not be confident because that's a masculine thing. And if they are confident, they're called sassy or bitchy or, uh, you know, mean or an ice queen uh, because that's what confidence manifests itself as, apparently, if you're a woman. Uh, they're, they're taught that. They're societally conditioned to that. And that's all still masculinity. So, so yeah, the, all these traits people should have in varying degrees and people are, you know, everyone's got their own combination of variables that makes up for the most balanced and happy life for themselves. Uh, I, I'm not prepared to accept that any part of masculinity is at all good. I'll agree with that. We solved it then. Problem masculinity, solved. undeniably bad. Everyone embrace the fact that sometimes you cry at Star Trek or sometimes you cry while watching the Democratic National Convention. Uh, and what else? <laughs> <laughs>